All right, everybody, it's Jonathan and Travis back for another edition of the Southern Ontario Dirt Show. And Travis, things are picking up. How are you doing, my friend? Good, Jonathan, as always. Uh, another week talking to you. Always have fun doing these, and uh, hopefully you're doing good, too. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a good week. been a busy week. Uh, lots of stuff not releasing-related going on right now, but then there's also a lot of racing content to get into. So yep. uh, looking forward to that and starting to tackle it. You want to start with... Uh, Maybe where we were both at on Saturday night, Maryville Speedway. Pretty solid night of racing, in my opinion. Yep, definitely an awesome night. It, uh, Matt Williamson was his first time showing up all season. And uh, same winners in the mini stock and street stocks, LaFonacy and Bailey, showing that they're strong. And Cody McPherson, two in a row now. And Matt Williamson picked up the mods like everyone thought, but he definitely had to work for it. And he might not even have been the fastest car, probably real close, those two lap cars. Definitely opened the door for him, and he took advantage of it. That was like his only shot. I didn't think he was going to get there, to be honest. Definitely opportunistic on Maddie's part. I mean, I, again, kind of thought as soon as Lindbergh started to check out, I was like, oh, boy, here we go again. It's going to be another. It was definitely the Matt and Gary show. Another Lindbergh-dominating drive, because that, that car looks good. And, and Matt had a lot of speed in his heat, so I knew he was going to be in there. But yep. I, don't, I didn't think he had anything to run him down. Like, that was, that was an impressive drive. Yeah, in the heats, I was sitting with my buddy Chris Long from RCM Racing, and uh, he had his lap times going, and Matt was like a high 15.6 or mid 15.6, and he won his heat by five seconds, and then Gary's heat, he was like a low seven, and won his heat by four and a half seconds, so they were definitely right there in the heats, and then, uh, yeah, Gary just looked super fast on the top. Yeah, class of the yep. field, class of the field for sure, and then uh, I... I, again, I don't know. I don't think there was anything that Gary could have done in that that case. There was just a two wide battle in front of him with those lap cars. Like, I, yeah, you know, it's not like the other. I guess it was not last week we were talking about how Gary was kind of running the middle. Yep. Yeah, we were talking about how Gary was running the middle. This time he was definitely way more. Yeah. Committed to the top and and had the top working. So I figured he'd be able to get through lap traffic when they're stocked like stacked up like two by two right in front of you there's not much you're gonna you know what happens is like sometimes the lap cars won't be handling quite as good and they'll get into the no man's land that Pete Picknell kind of talked about in his episode where you kind of slide across four and then so if you're railing the top and you don't quite see that coming that's where you have to check up just that split second and that can make it or break it especially when you're in a non-stop battle they were battling for what 10 laps there Maddie on the bottom Gary on the top just non-stop back and forth yeah definitely a good race yeah, it was good, and then Maddie ultimately comes away uh, with the win there. Like uh, you touched on McPherson, uh, a couple other yep. drivers having some great nights uh, in the mods. I I've been really impressed with how Chad Chevalier started this year. Another top five for Chad. Yeah. Uh, I I really thought he uh, has looked impressive. Like I don't know if it's necessarily winning speed just yet, but he's definitely one of the cars to watch. And of course, Ryan Susie, our guest last week. Uh, second again. I, I don't want to start calling him Mister Second Place, but man, at Maryville, that might be his new nickname. Yep. Uh, was he second or didn't he fail back to Fullis or so? So he fell back, right? And then he was able to reel in after Maddie got by uh, Lindbergh. Lindbergh actually oh, yeah, right, fell right, back, right. and and I think it was either the last, I don't know, the last lap or maybe the second last lap that I think. Um, Susie was able to catch and yeah, pass. That's my mistake. Yeah, pass Lindbergh. So. And then uh, Danny O'Brien also rounding out the top five in the modified. Yeah. So Susie, definitely good for him because he broke in the 
Susie broke in the hot laps, right? So definitely good for them to get the rear end changed and then win his heat and then get back up to second. Like you said, definitely a good run for him. Yeah, it was a big rebound. Eh? Uh, another driver that uh, was a little just oh so close. I don't, I don't want to say it was a heartbreaker, but it was good to see uh, how much speed this car had was in the right choice auto and leisure sportsman, Justin Sharp in the 8S. Yeah, uh, led most of that race. It felt like, anyways, mm-hmm. and then just couldn't quite close the deal at the end. Yeah, Sharpie's got a few wins in his sportsman career. Got to be getting close to ten or even more than that now, I'd see. But he's, whenever he wins, it always seems like that. He's railing the top, got the right rear in the cushion. Those are usually Sharpie nights, and uh, he almost had another one there on Saturday. And his buddy Cody McPherson just nipped him. And uh, yeah, definitely a good race there. Cody definitely had to work for it this week as well. Wasn't as much as a checkout fest as the week before. So definitely an awesome race in the sportsman, too. Yep, and then some typical names in the sportsman top five as well. Brad Rose, Rob Knapp had a good run in the 2K, bringing it at home fourth. And Adam Leslie, another driver I've kind of watched. Knapp's rolling this year. I thought Leslie's had some great speed to start. Yep, he picked up a new, to him, chassis, I think, from Brad Rose. It's a newer BRP, a couple years old, I think. And uh, he's definitely got her dialed in a little bit. I was talking to them boys before the races started. And uh, they're definitely loving the new car and uh, definitely going to see him in victory lane before the end of the year, I'm pretty sure. And then the Hoosier Stocks, we had the duel on the dirt, the Insta panels duel on the dirt. Uh, first home race for them. And Dave Bailey ends up winning it. But I got to say, it was not exactly uh, a, a typical dominating fashion win for Bailey. He had to work for that. There was, mm-hmm. I think the gap is is kind of narrowing in, in that class, at least. Yep. Uh yeah, last year Bailey didn't win as much as like the years before where he was so dominant. Like it seemed like every week he was winning all three. Last year that seemed to happen not quite as much. I don't think I even interviewed him at Humberstone, did I? I'm not even sure. Maybe once. I remember interviewing lots of different other people, but uh, he won a few at Merrittville. But like definitely the field is catching up. There was no Ryan Beagle this week, I noticed when I was watching. That's definitely Ryan was fast the week before. Good battle with Dave. So uh, no Beagle this week, but yeah, Dave had to work. He started pretty far back, I think. So he had to make a little work of it. And uh, yeah, good race in the street stocks as well. Yeah, he started uh, he started ninth and then Ron Logie also started. Yeah, that's who it was. Rallied up to second. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Logie, good run yeah, for so second. Yeah, give it all to Logie. I mean, he's got a lot of, a lot of yeah, speed. Was, and he was involved in an incident too. I'm pretty sure he yeah, had he just read uh, my mind. maybe part of the right front knocked off. Yeah, he, he was yeah. in that lap one Murray's so, pin. Damaged car up to second. Yep. Good run for him. Uh, and then looking throughout, uh, I thought the Hoos- or the Modified Lights put on a really, really good race, uh, especially amongst the top four. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much Begelow, May, Winger, Slider, just all Dyson, usual Dyson suspects. between themselves for the entire time. Yeah, usual suspects, but uh, sometimes it's, it's really fun when the, t- the top four cars kind of come together and they look so even like that right yeah as long as they're not single file or anything which they weren't they were like too wide too deep for the whole feature it felt like and uh, Bigelow was able to hold them off sucked not to see Bigelow in the sportsman this week but he was able to pick up the mod light win over winger yeah and he's definitely looking fast too in that four car he definitely almost took that one as well mm-hmm. and then we had uh we had the v6s early on so that was a good uh good to see the v6 guys get back out and then the mini stocks as well uh, our Van Sickle Pet Valley PV on the lane four cylinders. Tyler LaFonzi wins another one, but they again he had to work for it. That was not necessarily an easy race for uh, LaFonzi to dominate. No, Luvac was definitely rolling in that 14 Mustang. Definitely don't see Mustangs up front as much as you used to. Uh, 
but Luvac definitely had the 14 roll. It sucks he missed the scales and had to uh, get disqualified, but uh, he was definitely giving them battles early. But uh, I forget who else was who else was up there in that one. That was the first. Well, Clinton Barrick was. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, him. In that red Pontiac. Yeah, he's a new guy. Yeah, he's had a good start. He's had a good start to the year. He came on pretty strong late last year, and then if I believe if I have the story correctly, and uh, I'm sure somebody out there who's listening can uh, give us an email or give us a, mm-hmm. a stat correction via or one of our social feeds at Southern Ontario Dirt Show. Uh, I'm pretty sure he has joined the TMR gang, so you know he's got good equipment. Yep. And uh, I, I expect Farrick to probably be in victory lane pretty quick, honestly. Uh, DeBoer also had a great run, Trevor yeah, DeBoer. Yeah. Uh, Austin Warstrow was a bit of a pinball out there, but he brought it home fourth. Yep. And Fabio Oliveri uh, ran out our top five in that one. Yeah, all good cars there in the mini stocks as well. Just lots of good cars in this region. That's why I love going to the races every weekend. Just every single class is full of competition a lot of competitive uh competitive cars especially at maryville right now and then uh, of course uh ransomville got going this weekend as well Mm-hmm. so yeah maddie won that one as well yep had to work for it it was susie and Lindbergh up front early and then they had a little bit of a mishap and had took them out of the picture unfortunately and then uh kind of fell in matt's hands and him and rudolph put on a good show and mike bowman I think that was his first race of the year for Mike. He finished fifth, so good run for Mike. He's a local boy. Yeah, started 11th, what, too, so big pickup for him. Yeah, good run for Mike through the field. And uh, give a call to Glenn Styers even. He started, finished, brought it home eighth after starting 14th, so sometimes those, sometimes it's, uh, it pays to just be able to survive sometimes, right? Yeah, that's a, Ransomville can be a little tougher on tires than some of our local tracks, so it's definitely a little bit different game over there, but it looked like it had some moisture in the track on Friday. And uh, a lot of people were surprised to see the zero Glenn Styers up there at Ransomville. They were thinking he was going to run Merrittville because he didn't show up on Saturday, which sucks a little bit. But, uh, yeah, he had a good run Friday night, so that Glenn's definitely trying a bunch of different tracks with that zero car. And you mentioned that uh, Ransomville is a little bit harder on tires. So for some of us that might not know, what what makes it uh, a harder on tire track? Well, I haven't been there. In, they have put new dirt on it, so... I haven't been there since then, but uh, back in the day, it's just a little bit more abrasive surface. Like Rockville's kind of similar in Cornwall. There's just a little bit more rocks in the surface, and uh, that's just all it is, just those little, little tiny little things in the track. Just not as much pure clay, and uh, they can get a little bit more abrasive on tires. Yep, true. And uh, we got to turn our attention to next week's action. Super Dirt Car Series is going to be racing next week so probably probably the night we're going to be recording the podcast or maybe we might wait till the week the day after that but may 18th thunder on mm-hmm. thousand islands at k&m speedway so that's going to be exciting yep should have at least matt and Lindbergh in the show i'm thinking from around here so i think those two are doing the full tour. well matt for sure is doing the full tour i'm pretty sure Lindbergh that was the plan in his 28 car yeah so both those guys will be down there for sure and uh, k&m's the one of the biggest tracks around it's big five eights and it's Sometimes, hopefully, it can rubber up sometimes, which kind of sucks, and it can be around the bottom. But if they can keep the moisture in it and uh, keep a good bottom and top, it'll definitely put on a good race. It's so fast there, like super fast, big five-eighths mile, like almost the size of Cayuga was, pavement track around here. Yeah, I was going to, and talking about Maddie, who's going to be coming up here shortly as our our guest this week, um, Mm -hmm. kind of a a little bit of a tangle, I guess, that you could say with uh, Creedon. Uh, on yep. Tuesday night when he wrapped up a, a win at Accord uh, in the mm-hmm. uh, Short Track Super Series. 
And this is kind of what I wanted to get into. So we also saw over for the big guys, you know, in in the NASCAR world, which is a world that I was far more familiar with before I got into the dirt world. Uh, yep. Joey Logano, William Byron, they tangled this week. And yep. uh, I heard, I think it was Parker Kligerman was doing some driver analysis for NBC. And he talked about how the win and you're in playoff format has kind of changed NASCAR in terms of putting in more pressure, more incentive to make bold moves like that. And he's seeing it start to trickle down into some of the lower classes, the truck series, mm-hmm. into the, you know, Arkham Menards. What yep. about in the dirt world? Do, do you think there's younger drivers coming of age and maybe drivers who uh, have grown up with, you know, this heightened incentive to win that are making things more aggressive at our local and, you know, local scenes or even just, you know, throughout the Niagara region, Southern Ontario and uh, even in yeah. Western New York? Or do you think like the dirt world is just its own world and it's always kind of been this aggressive? Okay, well, if we're going to compare, like you said, Matt's deal at Accord last night to like Sunday, it's the only difference. Like to me, Matt just moved him up a little bit, like and Creedon still finished second, you know what I mean? Whereas Logano sailed yeah. her in there and Byron ain't no finishing second. Like, yeah. so, and uh, yeah, so. Definitely on the short track world, that's like kind of the norm. Matt did get into him a little bit. We'll ask him when he's coming up here in a minute. But uh, yeah, I didn't think it was all that dirty. Like Creedon, if he was fast enough, he could have got back to him and did it back to him, right? That's probably what Creedon was mostly mad about. Couldn't get back to him and give it back. Like he even had a chance on a restart and couldn't get back to him. So that's probably what he was mad about a little bit. Was it a little bit of a, he was definitely going for the win. No doubt about that. Like can't take it like that. Like definitely on a small track like that, that's kind of dirt modified racing a little bit. Yeah, I, I just think there's like, at least in terms of what I've watched with, uh, you know, locally and what I've watched, you know, you know, over the years, it just seems like there's just a different, there's a different respect amongst the dirt community of like, I, you know, there's so many guys who are working on these cars themselves. There's so many guys who hand, hand, you know, give a hand in, in yeah. doing the repairs that there's like a, a different respect where we're going to run each other really hard. But at the end of the day, I still want you to finish. I just don't want you to finish ahead of me. Yeah, I, there's a ton of commodity I find in the world of Outlast Sprint Cars. Modifieds and late models seems to be a little bit more individualistic, a little bit, but there's still always, if you turn on, like all the tour guys, like those guys are rolling up and down the road seeing each other all the time, whereas Matt and Creed don't race it against each other quite as much as, say, like a Matt and Matt Shepard, right? They race together all the time on the Super Car Series, whereas Matt and Creed are just getting into it now because Matt's running the Short Track Super Series this year, which is good to see. And uh, yeah, but the definitely a lot of younger kids are. You got to go for the win. Like if I'm owning a car and you're not going for the win, I'm probably going to fire you. So if you're just especially if you're in a <laughs> you're gonna find somebody else. Yeah, if you're in a hired ride, you got to get going. That's the way it is. For sure. And uh, we're going to catch up with uh, Matt Williamson right now on the Southern Ontario Dirt Show. One track to go see a race at. I know, right? I just thought of that. I was like, there's like so many great tracks, and like obviously we've got so many great ones close to us, but with one facility you have to like. I've never been it, but Port Royal's got to be one of them. I was going to ask Matt's favorite tracks. I bet you that's one of them. (laughs) Speaking of Port Royal, we're joined now by somebody who is quite familiar with that particular track. It's Matt Williamson. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. What I like the podcast. It's a pretty cool deal you guys got going on. Yeah, it's just getting going, so we appreciate you coming in. Uh, and I guess uh, perfectly timed. You uh, got a win last night in car number three, and now you're the third well, third episode guest, I should say, because I guess Shane would technically be the third guest. We had two guests last episode. It doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys got uh, 
something cool going on. I mean, it's always cool to talk about local racing. I mean, I can race all over the country and I still, you know, my heart's still back at home. So it's nice to listen to what's going on home when you're on the road and uh, podcasts are the way to do it. So let's get into the bull ring battle last night. Your, uh, your freshest success. Cause we also have to get into your success at Maryville over the weekend, but uh, right, tell us a little bit uh, last night. Um, yeah, we went down to, to Ackward Speedway last night. Um, you know, drew, drew a good number in the heat race, uh, won the heat race, drew a good number in the feature, started outside pole and, uh, got the lead early. Um, Danny Creighton got by me in lap traffic and then, um, you know, a couple of restarts, uh, one, he, he got away and, um, we got back into lap traffic again. And then, um, the second one, um, came out pretty quick. Uh, we, we um, got a good restart, drove into turn one and two, um, threw a slider on him, uh, left him a lane on the outside. He kind of turned down, and um, we got his left front to my right rear tire. Um, kind of very similar to, to what happened earlier in the race. Um, his right front got into my left rear tire on lap one. Um, just hard racing. I mean, it was it was a battle at the bull ring. Um, there's a reason why they don't call it the, the ballet at the bull ring. Um, it's a... Mm-hmm. It's a tight little racetrack. We're turning 12 second laps and um, cool place to be. So luckily we got the win for Jeff and Harry and um, hopefully we can build some momentum and, and keep the North series going, going strong. Yeah, that's definitely a small track. And I just pretty much said the same thing when me and Jonathan were talking earlier. It's definitely uh, dirt modified racing. Like we got those big bumpers on the side for a reason. And uh, you definitely getting paid to win, not getting paid to finish second. So uh, especially on a small track like that, it's not like it was Port Royal or nothing. You know what I mean? So uh, definitely uh whatever happened there just talk about uh jeff winning his uh, during his 50th season or 50th year in business and that at his home track basically accord there his two home tracks accord and orange county being close to his shop so talk about winning in the 50th year of his business and uh one of his home tracks yeah um you know what jeff and harry have done with with barons is pretty cool um 50 years in business is like something that everybody probably aspires to do. Um, anytime you can start a business and being, being that successful for 50 years is, is damn impressive. So, um, to get the win for him and Harry and, um, you know, in, in kind of the 50th year anniversary month, um, was very cool. Um, and, and like you said, it's, it's their home track. I mean, it's only an hour down the road and, uh, I think it means a lot to Jeff to win that race. We've had, we've had pretty good success there in the past. We probably should have won, three years ago or two years ago, um, got, gotten a jingle early. I think Jimmy Horton spun out in front of me and, um, had to go to the back and then, uh, came from, from last to, to get the second and, um, got put tail on a, on a deal where I felt like it, it, it was just a racing deal, you know, unfortunate, probably deserved it, probably didn't really deserve it. So, um, we had that happen. And then last year we ran second to Anthony Perego and, um, you know, he, he had a really good car. He's raced there a bunch of times, won that race a bunch of times. So, um, we, we felt good leaving last year. And then this year when we, we drew a good number, we knew we had to capitalize on it. And then this Saturday or this past Saturday, I should say at Maryville Speedway, you find victory lane again with a great battle, uh, with Gary Lindbergh, one of your, uh, home track rivals, if you would. And then uh, now Gary kind of following you around, uh, just talk to us about, a guy like Gary Lindbergh and battling with him both at Maryville and then out on the super dirt car tour series. Like what, how, how much do you guys find each other pushing each other, you know, uh, making you guys better both at home. And then when you go out to compete against bigger fields and 
more talent, more diverse lineups. Yeah, it's it was a good race on Saturday. I always enjoy racing with Gary. Um, you know, it's it's fun. We actually I, I hitched a ride to Bridgeport with him and Darren, um, his car owner Darren Kendrick. Uh, <laughs> so that that works out good. I mean, his um, his wife is my my girlfriend's sister. So um, he's essentially you know we're almost family and um, we hang out all the time. We, we were just on the phone just before this interview. We were talking for half hour about rims and tires and water in the grass and, you know, just bullshit. And so, um, it's, it's cool to be able to race, you know, at, at the level that we're racing at. And, um, as many racetracks as we get to go to, it's cool that he gets come to Eastern States and Oswego. And, um, you know, we can kind of make it a family event. We can have, you know, my girlfriend, his, his family, um, you know, everybody, they, they enjoy being together. And when, when they get to go to the races and hang out together and watch, watch the most of us, it, it makes it pretty cool. So, um, it was a good battle on Saturday. I mean, I don't know if I would have got him if it wasn't for lap traffic. I watched mm-hmm. the video, uh, over and over again. And, um, the move going into turn one with, with, uh, me, him, and, um, I'm not sure if it was Tanner Podwinski on the outside or if it was Brandon Grohl, but, uh, it was, it was, uh, I think it was Tanner. It was quite, quite the move there when, when the three of us went into turn one. So, um, good race between me and Gary and hopefully uh, we can keep making each other better. Um, you know, we, we, lean on each, I, I talked to him, you know, he was the one that told me I need to go around Ranceville wide open and um, I'll try and help him when I can. I went and scaled his car at the beginning of the year when he didn't, he didn't feel like he was, he was that good. So, um, you know, as much as we're rivals and competitors on the racetrack, we still try and help each other out and, you know, be successful together. Just uh, talk about the line you were using, because Gary, I think the top was definitely fastest at Merrittville, and Gary definitely had the right rear buried in there, and uh, you definitely weren't gaining on, like you said. I was wondering if you were going to get him, and uh, just talk about the how, how they have to race when you have to go outside of the optimal line, and then uh, like how hard it is when you see, like for him, it's when he was leading, he didn't he knew you were at the bottom, but he didn't know what you were going to do in the lap traffic, and then when that car just slid across, and what Pete called, like everyone knows at Merrittville, is like the dead zone coming across four that's basically all that did it there so just talk about the line you were running when he had the optimal line yeah it was it was um it was interesting i mean three and four you certainly had to be on the top um one and two i felt like you know getting into one through the middle you you didn't really have much it was like you were kind of hung when i got to the middle of two i'm like man i'm wasting a lot of time getting out there so i went to the bottom and um i I was too tight to really run right around the guardrail so I had to kind of drive the car in hard, but, but slow down enough to get the Brown getting out of, out of turn two. So, um, it was, it was characteristic, which Maryville, I mean, it's one of the best places when it has some Brown in the racetrack, like Agreed. when it gets dead slippery, it, it makes it hard to pass, but it's still good racing. But mm-hmm. when it, when it has a race like Saturday night, when, you know, the bottom one and two is good and the top of three and four, it, it makes it really characteristic and, and it makes for some good racing. So, um, luckily the bottom was there. I don't know. I don't know as to, to say that we'd probably be even in the top three if, if the bottom of one and two wasn't there because um, we were just kind of kind of riding around following people around the top. We, we weren't very good on the top. Mm-hmm. And how much does coming home to Berryville on a Saturday night, is that more of like, I don't want to call it practice for you, but when you're racing all these other tours, all these other racetracks around the Northeast, around Southern Ontario, does does it almost feel more like, your chance to really hone your race craft as opposed to a race that you want to go out and win, or is there just the field is just so deep that you kind of have to go out and challenge for the win. Otherwise you're just riding at a place like Maryville. Yeah. I mean, 
you nailed it when the field is deep. I mean, Freddie Carlton, um, Gary Lemberg, Pete Bicknell, um, you know, Todd Gordon, Chad Chevalier, uh, Ryan Susie, Danny O'Brien there, you know, we can keep naming yep. names. And every one of those names have won big races and, and won a lot of races in the past. So, um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not missing out on people. I'm not, I'm not skipping out on people cause they haven't won. No, a race it's hard stuff. to name them. Yeah. I'm just, I'm yep. naming names that come to my top of my head. So, um, it's, it's tough. It's definitely, you know, not a, not a place that I go to and say, you know, we're going to win tonight. We, we still try hard, just as hard as we would if we went to Fulton on a Saturday night. Um, but, but you're right in saying that we use it for, for honing in on things because I've had so many wraps around Maritville and, and I got a good feeling of a race car there that, um, if I try something, I can tell the guys, Hey, it made me tighter. It made me looser. You know, it, it made me feel this. And I have such a good feeling on, on what it's going to do to the race car that, that we use it kind of, you know, to experiment. Um, I remember back in 2019, um, we, we came up with something that was, was totally off of what we had been doing as far as like springs and panhard locations and wedge. And, um, it was kind of something that we had been working on and, um, I brought it to Merrittville and, and, you know, we, we wedged up that night, we changed our panhard location and we put these different springs on and, um, went on to win the centennial and dirt week and, and whatever else it was. So, um, Merrittville's Merrittville's a place that, you know, we try stuff at. And I think that's why sometimes, you know, I'm either, in the contention for a win or in the contention to run 10th. So um, mm. it might hurt us sometimes, but we're not race for points. We're, we're there just to kind of, you know, be around home and, and enjoy the night and have fun racing again. And um, you know, it, it, if we don't win, it, it is what it is. We, we will learn from it and go from there. All right. You also won Friday night at Ranceville. Uh, looked like Gary and Ryan were definitely the cars to beat at the beginning before they had their little deal. So talk about, the car and the different car owner you drive for there at Ranceville, you got like four different cars going on. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, Paul went and Pete Coco's car. Um, the, the deal came about in 2019. We or 2018. We were at Syracuse and Paul was cooking chicken wings and I was grinding tires and I was trying to get tires ground before we had to go for the mandatory autograph session. And I was stressing and he come over and I was grinding tires in a fire suit. And he was like blown away that, you know, I was, I looked like I was, 18 years old and trying to grind tires, mm -hmm. sign autographs and do everything that we were doing for Oswego. So, um, we met down there and, um, I had been talking with Johnny Coco about, uh, about driving their car at Ranceville and getting back to Ranceville. And, um, you know, it really worked out really well that, that we came together. Cause I, I love going over there Friday. They got such a good group of guys. And, um, I'm, I'm blessed to blessed to be able to race for Paul and Pete and, um, I was, I was happy. We, we went to orange County there at the beginning of the year with their car in the small block race and, um, got into a big, big wreck caused the front clip, uh, radi radiator, uh, about $8,500 worth of damage. So, um, to come out of the box at Ranceville and, w and win with that car after we put a front clip on it and they fixed it. And, um, you know, it, it's, it, it was special to me and, uh, I think it meant a lot to them too. Chatting with Matt Williamson on the Southern Ontario dirt show. Matt, what's the biggest difference going and running, you know, 75 laps uh, in a super dirt car event versus, you know, maybe a, a 30 or 35 lap feature might you, like you might see at some of the local tracks? What are those extra 30 to 40 laps feel like to you as a driver? Um, you know, it's, it's surprising. Like some races you go to, they feel really long. And some races you go to, the, it's just like a normal deal. Like last night was 50 laps. Obviously, 
Accord's a pretty short racetrack. So, um, it, it went by pretty fast. And then you go to a place like Bridgeport and you run 75 laps there or 60, whatever it was that we ran. And, and it's like, man, you need 30 more of these, you know, but then you go to a place like, uh, Cornwall and your, your neck hurts on the left side, your arms yep. hurt. And you know, you're, you're like, this 50 lapper feels like it's 200. So, um, it, it really, it depends on how the race plays out, you know, caution wise. And, um, sometimes Maryville 35 laps feels like it's forever. And sometimes it feels like it's, it's two seconds. So, um, it all depends on how the race plays out and how many cautions we get and how long the tow trucks take. So. All right. I got a little different question. Uh, I always wanted to know how'd you got the, why'd you pick the number six? It's kind of like for Maryville, that's like a Davey Moore number. I don't know if that's probably not why you picked it, but, uh, why'd you pick the number six land on you? It's been your number the whole life, your whole life, really. Yeah. I was a big Mark Martin fan when I was growing up. Uh, mm-hmm. I, he was, he was good when I was really young. <laughs> um, I remember yeah. when I was old enough. I remember to that now you had your first cart had his style six on it. Now, now yeah. you say that. Yeah. yeah. So, so it was probably because of him. Uh, but then as I got older, I kind of regretted being a fan of Mark Martin. He, he kind of sucked when I was like 13, 14, you know, towards the end of his career. But, um, you know, I, I always thought he was a good race car driver and I liked the way that he carried himself. So um, I did it because of him. Yeah, that's cool. I was going to say, is there one track and one car that it, you've raced so many different places? If there's one track, one car that you had to pick to drive for the rest of your driving career until they had to pry you from the race car, where would you pick to run and what car would you run? Um, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, there's like two ways to look at it. You know, if, um, if I was trying to do it to be successful, I'd probably do like, you know, a small block at Merrittville for the rest of your life so that you could rack up the wins. Um, but if I was doing it, you know, to, to do like once in a lifetime, you know, never get to do it ever again, you'd say like a formula one car, um, yeah. you know, somewhere like Italy or, you know, Monza. uh, yeah, Monza, you know, any of them places, um, a sprint car at Port Royal would be a pretty Oof. cool deal to run. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Travis can attest to that. I mean, that place banging the boards with a sprint car. I, I drove a sprint car at Maryville and I can never imagine, and I've raced a modified at Port Royal. I can never imagine the size of the cojones on them sprint car drivers driving in a turn one and turn three at Port Royal. So um, that would be cool to do. Uh, late model at Eldora. Uh, there's so many different ways you can look at that question and, and you know, talk for hours and hours and hours. Yep. Just uh, so we talked about your local ride, just talk about uh, the Buzz Two ride and uh, that car that like you won the championship in 2019. You kind of had a comeback there. You had to come from second. You had a better year that year, come from second, and then got mad at the end. And then last year, you kind of had to battle to get to second. Like you had a little bit of a struggle time. So talk about how you're gonna erase that this year and get a better run and bring that title back to Canada. Yeah, we're, we're hoping, um, we're hoping we can, we can battle, you know, throughout the year and not, not fall behind and not have them, them bad races that we've had in the past. Um, spot works, spot works hard, you know, harder than anybody on that deal, um, at, at being prepared and making sure that we have the right stuff. And, um, he came to the races with me last night and, um, it, it's, I'm, I'm so lucky to drive for, drive for, you know, great car owners, Paul, Jeff, Harry, uh, Buzz, Brian, um, everybody. I mean, and we're, we're one big team, which is nice. So, um, like spot coming to the races with me last night, um, 
we, we learn and we build on the, the stuff that we learn from one car to the other. So we're going to go to Can-Am on Wednesday of next week and um, try and get a good run there and hopefully there. start building. Yeah, we, we haven't, we haven't, we've, we've ran good there in the past and um, had really good runs where you, you go into the place and you walk in the gate and you're like, man, you know, it's, it's my night tonight. And then you go there and like last year with, with Buzz's car, we ran like, I think 18th, it was one of our worst runs on the series. And that place, it, it suits my driving style. So it, it's, it's frustrating running bad there, but getting the run out of Bridgeport and, you know, finishing fourth at Bridgeport and getting a good start to the series was probably the biggest hurdle we had um, mm-hmm. for the series. So we're looking forward to Can Am. Uh, Spots had the car ready for a few weeks now, and um, it'd be nice to get back in that thing. I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed driving it. It's a, it's a great looking car, and mm-hmm. um, it's always fun going to the races with, with Buzz, Brian, Spot, Ernie, uh, Dan, all that, all the guys that help out that deal. All right, now one more before we let you go. This is more of a back in the day. Sorry, Johnny. Okay, go for it. I I want no. I want the stories. This is the this is why I have you around, Travis. I need the stories. I need the back in the day questions. Wayne Kahn. Wayne Kahn is one of your biggest supporters locally, no doubt there for over a decade. But back in your second or third sports and race ever, you were leading the whole feature, and like you had the grandstand stunned. Here's this little 13 year old kid about to win the sportsman feature in his second feature ever. And then there was a caution, and who else but Wayne Kahn pulled up beside you. And you went to turn one and made a little mistake. Do you even remember that? Oh yeah. And then Wayne ended up, yeah. And then Wayne ended up taking the win. Does he still rib you about that or what? Well, I think that's why he supports me so much because he feels bad <laughs> that he took away from you know candy away from the baby. So um, yeah, yeah was, I, I wasn't really that good of a sportsman racer. I mean, you knew me when I raced sportsman. I I never really won a ton of races or anything. So to win the second race out would have been pretty cool and um, just. I think it was caution free. And then like, like you said, lap 21 or 22 or 23 out of a 25, yep. lap, the caution come out and he pulled out next to me under yellow and waved at me. And, uh, you know, he was, you he, out good. he was the man back then. They, he they was the man. Show. Yeah. Don't yeah. forget that part. Wayne Con was the man in sportsman back then. Yeah. So, so I drove into one and I said, uh, you know, under yellow, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to beat him into one <laughs> and yeah. I beat him one and, uh, through the center of one and two, I spun around in front of the whole field and miraculously nobody, nobody hit me. So it was, uh, it was a cool story. I mean, we, we still talk about it probably once a year. Um, every time, every time he needs to put me back in my place, he'll tell me that he kicked my ass back then. So that's works out to be a good. All right. That's awesome, Matt. All right, Matt. All right. Thanks for joining us and, uh, good luck the rest of the way. I was looking over your 2022 projections and, 87 race starts. It's going to be a busy year for you across a lot of different cars and a lot of different series. So good luck with it. Thanks for taking the time tonight and uh, being a part of the Southern Ontario Dirt Show. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. This podcast is pretty cool. And um, like you said, 87 races, we're going to do quite a bit. And uh, it's cool to have Canadians back in back in the States and back to normal. And hopefully we can, uh, we can talk on Saturday night again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again. All right. Thanks, guys. And the checkered is out on another episode of the Southern Ontario Dirt Show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for future episodes. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Southern Ontario Dirt Show. Have a question for the show? Email us, southernontariodirtshow at gmail.com. Thanks for supporting local racing in Southern Ontario, and we'll see you at the track.